welcome to Home with Havala. We are continuing our relationship series this, well, this month. It's been a pretty incredible month. And you guys know last week was awesome with Rebecca, with our sex and relationship coach. And this week, we decided that we wanted to tackle a topic that doesn't get talked about that much, but it's so valid in our communities. And that is we want to talk about blended families parenting stepkids, and just trying to start a marriage in a blended like community. And also ways that we can help support moms and dads that are jumping in and really taking on this amazing calling and this challenge, really. And so when we talked about this, of course, I have friends that I would, I think would be great on this topic, but there was no one other than Lauren Ballatin that I wanted to have on this podcast about this topic because not only are Lauren and I friends, we have been through it together throughout the years and heard each other's journey and story. And I have watched Lauren who came into her family and she could talk more about that with three um, kids. It was stepkids. It was really a journey for her. And I've watched her carry it out with such grace, um, so much purpose and just hope. And I, I know that that's not how she always felt, but she definitely communicated that to us. And I've watched her just, just build this beautiful family. She just had her first, um, birth this last year as well. And then also her eldest son was married this last weekend. So it's just been such a blur and such an incredible year for her. But I wanted to talk about blended families and I wanted to give her the floor. And I have a few questions, but again, I know that she probably has a lot more of the stuff that you want to hear about specifically if you're in that atmosphere. So Lauren, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Of course. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) The truth is that Lauren and I get to see each other without our makeup on in our, in our pajamas, (laughs) like every other week we sit together. And, um, so I'm curious when you first met Jay and knew that he had a family before, how was there apprehension to marrying him because of that? Or how did you kind of join this the family. Oh yeah. I was not (laughs) interested in joining the family. That's the reality. Um, I knew who Jason was. We were friends. Um, he was a leader in our church. So I knew his story. And if I'm honest, you know, when I heard his story for the first time, I thought to myself, Oh man, poor guy, what a whirlwind. I hope he finds somebody amazing someday. Like he really deserves somebody wonderful. Um, And, you know, it wasn't too long after that, a leader in my life who I very much respect actually said to me, hey, have you ever thought about Jason Valentin? You should go out on a date with him. Like, would you ever be interested in him? And I thought, look at me. Does it look like I dreamt (laughs) of marrying a divorced man and having three stepchildren on my, do I look like someone who dreamt about that? No. Are you nuts? Do you even know me at all? Um, But you know, Jason was somebody who, and I think this is a real key, um, if if people are in a position of considering marrying someone who has been divorced or has children, and there's a lot to consider. And I think one of the main considerations is, do people that you trust, trust him? And that, for me, was huge. I All the leaders in my life thought so highly of Jason. They really loved and respected him. They really trusted him. They thought that despite what he'd walked through, he was so healthy and had so much to give and offer. And um, so, you know, it it was one of those, like, I mean, okay, I'll give it a shot. We'll go on a date. I 
cannot fathom this going anywhere, but okay. Um, and you know, to be honest with you, our first date was a surprise to me, but it went so well and we had such a good time and all of the boxes that need to be ticked in order for me to feel safe uh, were there. And and so, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but. Well, and honestly, cause you guys, you know, don't know Lauren and Jay up close unless you live here, but they, they you guys aren't a couple that I'd be like, absolutely. But when you are together, you see it. But yeah. you know, on, on the outside, it's like, you could get anybody, Lauren. Well, that would have hilarious. been the truth. <laughs> it's hilarious. We're very different. So I grew up in the South mm -hmm. and, you know, rules and protocols are very important <laughs> to, in my family. And it wasn't like, will you go to university? It was which university will you go to? And um, worldview and just everything showy is kind of important mm -hmm. Sometimes I hope this isn't offensive to anybody in the South, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're down there, you know, um, like appearances matter. And anyways, you know, I'd, I'd been walking with the Lord for years and I knew the Holy Spirit and I was always up for an adventure. So despite my very clean cut appearance, I do like a good time. I do love a good adventure. So hence I made my way to California and anyways, but Jason is from this little mountain town and he hunts and he fishes and <laughs> He's got a high school diploma, but like barely, you know, and uh, he he's got three kids and he's been his whole entire life in this pretty small region of the world. And anyways, we just weren't the likely pair on a lot of levels, but man, we sure compliment each other. And I'm so glad for our differences in our marriage. You really do. And, you know, Lauren, I've watched you walk this out and I'm curious, uh, was there a time when when you wanted to back out and thought, I don't know if I can do this when you got close to the wedding or was it a fast process? How did that happen? Sure. So, you know, interestingly, I feel like while we were dating and engaged and even up through the wedding, I had such a grace to see. I was so, I, I would never have said yes to marrying Jason. Um, if I didn't feel like life was going to be bigger and better for saying yes, even though on paper, it looked like I was signing myself up to be restricted in all these ways, you know, three kids on the marriage day, um, committed to this little Northern California town for indefinitely because uh, their family is here, you know, their roots are here. A lot of things that looked restricting or looked like I was closing myself off from opportunity and options, I felt so alive inside of this commitment to him. I felt like there's nothing we couldn't do together. There's nothing we couldn't build together. And um, I felt so in love with the kids. It didn't feel like a restriction. It felt like this beautiful opportunity to build something amazing. And probably strangely, the part of me that does love a good challenge, I was like, let's do this. We're going to hammer. <laughs> and so I think up through the wedding, I no, I didn't, I didn't want to back out. I felt so alive. Now after the wedding, <laughs> I, will tell, I have vivid memories sitting in our master bedroom in the first house we rented together. I remember sitting in a chair by the window, just sobbing, you know, just really, really crying one day. And Jason came in and, you know, his first marriage ended, right? So there's some natural fear there of, you know, what happens if she gets overwhelmed? What happens if she can't handle this? You know, is she going to want to hang? And I remember him coming in and kind of pressuring me, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, what do you need? Um, you know, essentially he's asking questions like, are you going to leave me? Mm -hmm. And I remember looking up at him with like tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> out. I just, it has to be okay if I'm not okay. 
You have to be okay with me not being okay sometimes because this is cray and I'm having to get used to it. And so there's going to be moments and times when I am not loving it, but no, I'm not going to leave. You crazy? Like, no. So anyways, just a lot of those days in the beginning to kind of figure out like, what are my emotions? Why do I feel so claustrophobic? What do I do about it? I can't run away. I don't really want to, but man, I feel stuck. So a lot of that, a lot of processing. Well, and you and I have talked about, I mean, I almost feel like people, at least I experienced that in my own marriage, but then you add children on, on, on all of that and their, your spouse's loyalty go to their kids because clearly they're the innocent party in the house. And so I know that there's a dynamic, no matter what, there's a dynamic with your own kids in there, but then as you adopt and they become yours, it's a very unique experience. So what would you say to the girl or the woman that is considering joining a family that's already, um, you know, happened and they would be included in that. What would you say to them? And what are some things that they need to have their eyes wide open about? This is, oh, I could talk for hours on this because <laughs> there are so many things in hindsight, you know, um, this is huge. And I do think it really depends on like who has the children. Is it, is it a woman who's marrying into a family where the, the man already has kids or other way around? Or do you both have children? There's such there's so many intricacies to it, but let's just say we're in the position that I was in where I'm, I've never been married before. I've never had children. I'm marrying a guy who's divorced and has three kids. What I didn't know that was absolutely essential for us to even smell slightly like we've been successful in this journey is that Jason had walked through such a process of healing before I was ever in the picture. And the people in his life who he trusted felt he was ready. Yeah. That is huge. So if, if you're in my shoes and you're thinking about being with somebody who's divorced with children, but who doesn't have a great structure for input in their life, red flag, run away. <laughs> if you Excellent. are, um, you know, one thing that Jason really did was he was able to lead our journey with the children. I think sometimes people who are single parenting in their home, you know, they're ready to be remarried because, oh my goodness, they need help. Like you were not meant to raise kids alone. We know this, like you are <laughs> meant to have a partner. This requires two or five people to make it happen and do it well. And so I think in that, you know, the divorced person, it's a little bit easier sometimes for that person to run into a relationship and be ready for marriage because they've done it before. They know what that level of intimacy is like. They know what that level of commitment is like. For the single person who only dreams of being married someday, there can be a lot of, there can be a lot of surprises mm -hmm. in the journey. And I would say Jason was healthy enough and had the input and the structure in his life enough to know how to lead us in this journey with the kids. So he really set the pace with the kids. But one thing that was really important that I, I share all the time talking to people in this position is he kind of taught me this. He, and I know this biblically, but I never really thought it through until he, he mentioned it when we were dating. He said, as long as we're dating and engaged, the kids are my number one priority. They are in my life forever, whether you and I work out or not. They are my children. I have a massive responsibility to them. But you need to know that if we were to get married one day, the day that we say I do, you become my first priority. Because in a home, even in a blended home, if a husband and wife aren't preferring one another and if they're not 
united in their leadership over that home, then the kids get the short end of the stick. It could look like you're doing your kids a huge favor by making sure that they're always the priority even after you marry again. But I actually think that's not biblical and I don't think that that, I think that's dysfunctional. And what I've seen is in Jason leading us that way, you know, he made it very clear to the kids from the very beginning when, when Lauren and I get married, she has to be my number one priority so that you kids get the best of both of us. Yeah. If she's not, then you won't get the best dad and you won't get the best stepmom. So we've really worked to, to do that. Now, our kids responded really, really well to that because they deeply trust Jason and they have a very strong connection to him. So the next key I would say is I would never consider getting into... I mean, it would take a long time and a lot of work for me to consider jumping into a second marriage with somebody that has children if that person doesn't have a good connection with his kids. Yeah, and and I think it's really interesting the way you're unpacking it because I, it's really good. You're saying a couple factors. First, if the person that you're marrying has never been married, be aware of that, that the challenges they're going to have is not just about becoming a part of a blended family, but it's also going to be that their picture of marriage and relationship is going to change just like any new bride or new groom. So be aware of that, that if if the person has been married before, then your other challenges might be um, old habits and patterns with the other relationship, but somebody who's not been married. And then secondly, and I think you said this really well, did the, did the, the person you're marrying, did they break the kid's heart or did they help heal the kid's heart? And it's really Mm -hmm. important to know that because if, if he had broken the kid's heart, then it may be very hard for you to say, I'm going to make her priority because they would say you did that with everything. You, we basically have never been your priority versus you were my priority all along. I just have to get you. I want to give you the best story. So it's very what you're really saying is eyes wide open. Every story, it's not one size fits all. It's really being aware of how everybody's kind of absorbing this new environment and this new dynamic. And, and it's not impossible, but there will be challenges unique to past experience. And I just love that. I've never heard that, Lauren. And I, I think if somebody had asked me, I would have said the exact opposite. That idea that putting you first was order in the house that created trust that allowed you to show up as the co-parent, but also to show up as the best wife. And then also to feel safe. I had never thought of it like that. And that was, that's really profound. Do you find that people don't often do that and there's a challenge? Oh yeah. Because typically when people get divorced and there's kids involved, you know, human nature is to be very insecure about what's going to happen in your relationship with your kids. Yeah. So that's why you find parents trying to buy favor with their kids. Okay. So they have two homes. No problem. I'm going to make my house the best house. I'm going to make my house the one that the kids want to be at. I'm going to make sure that we go on cool trips. I'm going to, so you've got people that buy favor or then you have the people that actually want to speak ill about the other party. Yeah. So, you know, the co-parent, the, the person that you divorced, you find that people will really work to in the home, you know, maybe overtly, but maybe not, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe very passively, you know, you're speaking about that other parent in a way that hope you hope to build loyalty with your children because of course you don't want to lose your babies. Like that's the scariest thing. So when people aren't really aware of themselves and there's high emotions, high insecurity, lots of change, you're wondering how your parent or how your kids are going to handle it. It's just so easy to 
in the name of putting them first, get priorities out of whack in a way that actually keeps you from, like, are you married to your kids or are you married to your spouse? You can't be married to both. Yeah. And, and if you're not married to your spouse, you'll never have the trust and the intimacy in your marriage required to raise kids well. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So here's my question. If you now looking back and it's been how many years now? We have been married nine and a half years. So yeah, almost we got, 10 years. Yeah, it's been 10 years since we got engaged this month. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, what's something that you would have done different now that you're 10 years out? What would you have gone back and either told yourself or done completely different that you were not aware of? Yeah, that's a good question. Probably so many things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, you know, my personality is to... Uh, I. I know you guys talk about the Enneagram on this podcast sometimes. So (laughs) I'm a six. And so by nature, I like to look ahead and project like, if this happens, what will we do? If this happens, what will we do? Let me see if I can threat assess a little bit and figure out how to mitigate how to avoid disaster. And I love that about you. I said every friend group needs a six. Totally. And you are a six, and I well, love it. You're you, welcome. I will stress <laughs> for all right. of you. I will, I will stress that for all of you. If I have any stress, I know I can tell you, and you <laughs> you will be like, it's true. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and have you thought of this? No, I haven't. Oh, Thank you. Oh, gosh. I like to think that I've gotten myself out of, like, mega fear land, but I definitely do a lot of preparing. Yeah, and I don't think that you're a real – I wouldn't talk – when we talk together, and I want to say as our six says, I don't necessarily think fear is your core. Your caution is yes. more the core. Yes. Of, you're cautious about, have you thought about yes. this? Have you thought about that? Yeah. But um, We're yeah. very protective. You are. And so, uh, but how to, how, so part of how we protect is by assessing threats and making plans. So <laughs> anywho, got, always got a good plan. I love it. <laughs> um, well, so my nature is to look ahead and, you know, when you are raising kids with your spouse as a step parent, and then throw in you're also co-parenting with the divorcee, mm-hmm. then or any dynamic therein. I mean, you've got grandparents in the mix who've helped raise these kids. You've got, you know, community that's invested in the lives of these children. So you're working on doing marriage in a very complicated dynamic. And for somebody wired like me, the op the options are endless. Like this could go so many ways. So I could stay up for 24 hours a whole year long and not exhaust the options and and try to make plans for every single little. So really what I learned partway in that um, saved me from some sort of nervous breakdown actually was, was going, you know what, we don't have to plan for every scenario. My job is to stay connected. Wow. And I don't need to do everything perfectly. I actually specifically remember driving down the road one day and I'd had a conversation. Actually, we had a lot of years, you know, when the kids were young, we did a lot of co-parenting with their biological mother, of course. And, um, I'm happy to say that for those years that we did a lot of the real hands-on co-parenting with young children, we had lots of open communication and lots of, um, a lot of grace on our ability to work together. And, um, you know, however, we're human beings, right? So we have very different opinions, very different ways of doing things. Um, We're very individual. And I remember driving down the road and something had happened with the kids and she and I got into an argument about it. And I realized that that the stress I was feeling was coming from a belief that I wasn't allowed to make mistakes in this role. Wow. 
And I remember driving down the road and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, just call her and admit that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and so oh my gosh, I picked Lauren. up the phone or I texted, I can't remember which. And I just said, gosh, you know what? That conversation earlier was tough. I actually just don't know what I'm doing. I think we're both just doing our best. And I just, it took such a load off. And I think for any person in a position of step parenting, like the lie would be that you should be the expert, that mm -hmm. you should know what you're doing. Well, that's a joke. You don't know what you're doing. Just admit it. You're just, hopefully you're doing your best, but you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to save the day. You don't need to be the one with all the answers. And in fact, your role in these kids' life, and this is what I really landed into partway into our marriage, was, you know, I'm not a biological parent to these children. They actually don't need me to be that. I get to play my role really well. I get to be somebody who is safe, who loves them unconditionally, who's going to help them whenever they need it, who's going to set a tone and a pace in our home that sets them up for success when they're here. But I'm not in control of what they do. I can't control what they do when they're not here. I, I need to find my lane and stay in my lane or else I'm going to go nuts. And I think, I think that's a huge key for step parenting is to find your lane and be very comfortable there. That know is your role. so brilliant, Lauren. And the outcome of that, which I have witnessed, is because you've chosen to stay in your lane and, and steward the atmosphere of your home and steward the connection and relationship, all three of your kids have turned to you at times of crisis and you have been that trusted place for them. And that is, I think, every step-parent's heart is I want to be that person for my, those kids, but I don't know how to do that. And I've just watched your refusal to um, character assassinate anybody in the story, your desire to create a safe place and not feel threatened by um, potential danger, um, to not try to fix the story and make it something that it's not, um, and just own the truth and own your truth in it. It's just, I've watched it. It hasn't always been easy, but you have just stayed in your lane. And I've watched all three of your kids at times of crisis. And when you knew, okay, this is the truth, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to worship the truth. I'm going to, I'm going to actually fight for connection. The truth has come out and you've been that safe place. And it's just been profound. I think being your friend and watching you do that when I'm like, oh, give me the phone. Like I have felt like I wanted to say certain things and just watched you with so much grace and so much like just being classy, maybe that's the Southern part too, that's been helpful, but just watch you. And I'm curious, how, how did you purpose in your heart not to badmouth any of the characters in the story? How did you do that? Yeah, I remember when Jason and I were dating, um, I mean, let's be honest, like in family, you can, you can be, <laughs> I mean, you and Ben and the boys, right? <laughs> like it's, you could character assassin oh, Ben easy, some days easy. or either one of the boys, <laughs> yeah. or maybe you're in that day, you're the one under fire. Yeah. Like in family conflict happens. And so conflict or disagreement or, you know, that is normal. It's, it's heightened inside of a blended family. I think because the stakes feel so high when people feel threatened or when you do wonder where your allegiance with the kids lies, I think those insecurities make those dynamics very high stakes. Mm -hmm. When those insecurities are, so, so that's a great argument for like work on yourself, work on your insecurities, because if those are at bay, then you're gonna do a great job in a tough dynamic. Um, I think 
Jason said to me very early on, you know, one of the postures he's taken the entire way through his divorce and his healing journey and then into our into our marriage and blended family, he said um, that the Holy Spirit spoke to him early, early on in this part of his journey and said, there's no redemption in a broken life. Like if anybody loses, that's not redemption. Redemption or restoration, freedom happens when every party involved is thriving. So our heart for our entire extended family, including our kid's biological mother or any any other person involved in the story, the goal is that everyone would be thriving. The goal is actually that each person in our family would function wholly and with a lot of grace and a lot of authority and a lot of, um, you know, we want each person in the story to thrive because that, that is full restoration. That's full redemption. And so I think we've made a lot of decisions over the years from that perspective, you know, seated in that place of going like, actually, we're fighting to see the whole story redeemed. We're fighting to see our kids' pain turned into joy. Like yeah. we're, we're fighting to watch the whole story turn around, not, you know, cause nobody goes into marriage wanting a divorce. Like, hello, that's not the goal. And so if, if your marriage fails or if, if you fail in your marriage, you know, you're not exempt from the opportunity at restoration or redemption. I think that is a heart, that is a heart condition. And that's something that Jesus is very into. And so I think we have to come at our hard dynamics with that in mind. Like, what am I about? Do I want to be the person on top? Like, I want to be some sort of like fake superhero in the story, or do, do we want to do we want to have some illusion of like there is a success and there is a failure here? And no, like the the goal is that every person involved would be thriving and whole. And if that's not the case, then we haven't seen full redemption yet. Wow, Lauren. That is profound. That's profound. I don't think anybody is getting that story out there these days. And I think this is why I'm so passionate about you teaching on this topic. And, you know, like I could get emotional because everything you're saying has not been this easy, wrapped up in a bow, unpackage it. It's just simple. Like every word you're saying holds such authority because you have fought for it. You have done the hardest things when I'm like, how is she going to do that? And then you just do it. And I'm like that just, it's just everything you you say on the topic. I want to listen and lean in because I know, and I know a lot of our listeners are, they don't know you yet, but you guys watch because Lauren is a leading expert on this topic. Like I know she doesn't feel like an expert, but this woman has walked through this and fought for this. And she has an incredible husband, incredible kids, an incredible family, but no one has been able to steward her life like she has. And she's had to take that responsibility. And I've, I've watched you go through the smoke and you don't smell, you've gone through the fire and you don't smell like smoke. And this is somebody who is in your life and could, could smell smoke if I got close enough and I'm close (laughs) enough to smell smoke and there isn't. And I watched you have your um, baby girl this year for the first time after years of believing for this baby and just watched you do it. And I'm just so proud of you. And I hope that you women and men know that if you're on the the side where Lauren is, where you're trying to figure this out, um, your life speaks. And the idea of redemption and restoration and that idea that 
we all win if everybody gets restored. That is just a profound concept. And that's what we're believing for with your family. Like if you're out there and you're like not sure how to do this or you feel like you're failing or you feel like you don't know how to do this, we want you to know we're believing that everybody in the story gets the full restoration, gets the full picture. Mm -hmm. And we are with you. And even if you feel alone, we want you to know that you're not alone. Like we're fighting with you to, to, to believe for the best story, the best outcome. So if you're feeling discouraged, I just thought maybe... Lauren, I haven't done this on the podcast at all, but I want you to pray mm -hmm. for these men and women that are listening that feel overwhelmed and mm -hmm. feel like they don't know what to do. And maybe they got in it naively or they got into eyes wide open, but they just, they're at a place where they don't know how to, to make this thing happen. And maybe they're even feeling like they've held themselves to a, a standard of, of being an expert and they realize they don't know what they're doing. I just want you to pray for them mm -hmm. and just that we would just, see a breakthrough in this moment for them. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, your design for family. Thanks yeah. that um, that your design for the kingdom is family. And God, when we don't get it right and when we fall short and when we make mistakes or when things blow up in our face and we find ourselves in a position of not knowing how we got here and our family's falling apart or maybe we're trying to piece it back together and it's overwhelming, Thank you, Jesus, that we are not exempt from your grace, from your blessing, from, uh, from another shot. Thanks that you are the king of redemption, that you have the keys in your hand, and that you are about restoration. We just recognize that that's your nature. And so, God, we just ask that you would, for anybody listening today, uh, regardless of where they're at in the journey or in their story, we just ask that you would make yourself known to them as the as the prince of peace as the as the god of restoration and holy spirit i ask that you would tune the ear of each person hearing uh this message that you would tune the ear of the listener to hear your voice and in the area that feels overwhelming in the area that feels hopeless i pray that today even that you would give a key that you would speak with clarity, that you would give a key to that person for the next step. Thanks, Jesus, that we don't need to know the entire plan. We just need to know the next step and how to steward our heart and how to posture ourselves in this moment, moment by moment. And so, God, I pray that you would um, be the king of our lives, that you would be our guide, our comforter, that you would be uh, the, the, the one that holds our hand and takes us to the next step. And I pray, God, for each person, I just declare over, mm -hmm. over us that when our heart is for the kingdom, when our heart is for restoration and redemption, when our heart is right, we're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win. And win looks like love. We're going to experience love. We're going to live in a home where love reigns. We're going to um, live in a home where chaos and confusion is not welcome. Mm -hmm. We are going to live in a home where fear doesn't exist when we're partnered with love. So God of love, we just ask that you would come and meet each person listening today, that they would feel um, the weight of your presence, that they would feel empowered by your Holy Spirit to step into everything you have for them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind them again that you are gracious to equip us yep. for the yeses we've made. That's right. 
So where we've said yes in love, you are gracious to come and meet us and equip us in those places. So we thank you, Jesus. We believe you that this is a good story you're writing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that. You've equipped us for the yeses that we've said in our lives. I love that. Lauren, I'm curious. There will be listeners that will listen to this and be like, does she have a book? Does she have a podcast? How do I get a hold of her? Where are you on this journey of starting this conversation in your life? Uh, where I'm at in the journey, I'm I'm <laughs> seven months in as okay. a mother. So my my infant is like a monkey right now, crawling yes. all over me. And so I I still find it challenging to brush my teeth twice a day. Yes, um, yes. I that's really hard for me right now. So don't look. Um, <laughs> No, I, it is in my heart to develop resources around this subject. I, I do, Jason and I do have books in our hearts we want to write together. I, I have a dream of um, doing some sort of, some sort of online platform for uh, blended families. There is an organization that we're going we're gonna to do a podcast with, a blended, family, blended Christian family, something, something's coming up at the beginning of 2021. So that'll, that'll be happening. I'm working on finding margin in my life. So Havilah, <laughs> you're going to be enough. the first to know. <laughs> Havilah right. will be the first to know, and she'll get the word out I to you. I will. And the <laughs> thing is, I'm encouraging Lauren, even if it's a two- or three-week class or course or something that we can tell you guys, when, when she's ready and when it happens, we promise we will let all of you know. Uh, but the main thing is, is that she has a very busy life. So what I don't want you to do is reach out to her and get your feelings hurt if she couldn't respond to you or doesn't have the time or doesn't have anything to resource you. I promise you when she has it, we will let you in on it. Yes. And if she doesn't respond to you, I want you to just remember she's being an excellent mom yeah, of the four kids that if she has. If I don't has. respond, pray for me. I'm <laughs> That's probably right. like up in the night. That's right, right? It's in your yard if you get your feelings hurt. So anyway, Lauren, thanks for tuning in with me today, thank jumping in with have. me today. And for those of you that did tune in, thanks for being with us in the journey. I hope that this encouraged you. Our heart is to give you practical lifestyle lessons and just encourage you that this is not too hard. You can do this. And most importantly, we are believing God for the very best in your life. Whatever 2020 has held, we know the future is bright because we're on the winning side. If you this spoke to you, make sure you leave us a comment in the reviews. Even You can even name Lauren and tell us the exact episode that spoke to you so we can kind of get a, an understanding of what you like and what you enjoyed. And we want to give you more of that. Give us those five stars. And most importantly, um, give us a shout out on the socials. We're there almost every single day. All right, you guys have the best day ever and we'll catch you next time.